By the way, congratulations on making it. Storm Dennis did not stop you, deter you. Well done. Yeah, give your hand, self a hand. Why not? We could use all the encouragement we can get, couldn't we, eh? And uh, yeah, we had Storm Kira. I find that difficult to pronounce. That was last week, so hopefully there won't be another storm next weekend. But you're all here. Thank you, Lord. And um, we are in uh, a series called Encounter, which uh, I, I missed last week. I wasn't here. But Denise, Denise did a fantastic job. Who was here last week? Yeah, wonderful. You guys made it through Storm Kira. Well done. And uh, she looked at the story of Zacchaeus, didn't she? And uh, it was just such a wonderful story to impact how Zacchaeus... Um, went forward and went up, she said, and he got up to the top of the tree because he wanted to to encounter Jesus. And then with that came the invitation, hey, let's go and have some food at your place. And I just love that encouragement that Denise said, which is, you know, this encounter with Jesus isn't just a a one-off thing, it's a a daily thing. And if you did miss it, please can I encourage you to catch up online, the vineyardchurch.co.uk is our website, uh, or indeed our smartphone app, you can download, and it is but a tap away. So uh, do encounter the encounter talk. Thank you. And here I am, another encounter talk, um, and we're going to look at another amazing story. But you know, before we do, would you mind if we prayed uh, before we get into God's word? Let's pray. Lord, we have been in a season a physical season, Lord, where your, the wind has blown and the rain has rained down. And I pray, Lord, that in this season of our walk that your, the wind of your Holy Spirit would, would blow so much, would blow so strongly. That it would sweep through our lives, Lord Jesus. And that your presence would reign upon us, Lord, to bring refreshment and nourishment to wash away the sin, to wash away the fear, to wash away the anxiety, to wash away the questions. And Lord, I pray for us all in this moment, Lord, that as we position our hearts to prepare our hearts to hear your word, that Lord, your word would fall on fertile soil. Lord, would we not be distracted by the food in the oven, not be distracted by the shopping we might need to do by the people we're going to see, Would we not be distracted by the things we need to do tomorrow or the difficulties we had last week? But Lord, I pray that we would focus on you and your word. And Lord, I pray for me that you would anoint me afresh to preach your word, that I would only speak that which brings life, only bring that which brings glory to your name. I pray in your precious name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Right, okay. So we're going to turn to Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Um... One of the Gospels, written by the Dr. Luke, and we're going to turn to chapter 5, and it's a very famous story. It's when Jesus calls his first disciples. If you don't have your Bible, it'll be up on the screen, or indeed, if you have your smartphone app, turn with me. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11, and so why don't we read this together? One day, Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. 
Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. What a great story, hey? The problem with this story is it's so much there. I, could, uh, I was struggling to understand how to focus this talk. Indeed, I could talk on this for a few weeks. We don't have a few weeks on this. But there's so much in this story for us to learn. And what I want to do this morning is zoom in, if you like, to two particular verses. Verse 4 and verse 5. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep and let down the nets for a catch. And then verse 5, Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. You know, I love that line, haven't caught anything. You see, you know, when we encounter Jesus, our need for him becomes obvious, doesn't it? It's like, I remember when God shows up and I encounter his love and his peace, it's like, you know what, I need your peace, Lord. Anybody, has Jesus showed up and said, and you felt his peace, like, no, I'm, I'm okay, thank you very much. My nets are full of peace. Anybody? No. When, when you realized that you, need, you wanted to follow Jesus because you loved him and you wanted to spend eternity with him, anyone say, no, I'm fine, thank you very much. I can get to heaven with my own works. Anyone do that? No. You see, when we encounter Jesus, it's like our nets. It's obvious we need him. And what I love about this story, Jesus didn't go up to the fishermen and say, hey, guys, your nets, they're really empty. You have done a poor job. You've been doing this all night and you've got nothing. Did Jesus do that? He didn't do that. He doesn't need to do it. Jesus didn't come to condemn us, did he? And say, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> he just comes with his truth and his offer and we like, yeah, we need you, Jesus. And what I love about this story is that Simon Peter and the rest of them didn't say, uh, it's all right, Jesus. They may look empty, but they're not really. <laughs> I've got it covered. Any of us done that to Jesus? You know, Denise's talk last week was entitled, Come As You Are. The, the wonderful thing about walking with Jesus is you don't have to hide anything. You don't have to worry about your lack, the, the fact that you need him. We should come as we are. For some of us, and I think for half of my Christian life probably, I just had so many different masks that I'd put on with different people. Anyone, anyone kind of feel that? Oh, I put my mask on of I'm okay, Jack, when really I'm not and I need some prayer. I put my mask on of, I've got it all sorted when really I just needed Jesus to break in. And if only I had asked someone to pray for me or for me to reach out to Jesus, save for the fact that I was embarrassed that my nets were empty. Anybody been like that? And if anything, I could just stay here. This is not actually the talk. This is kind of in parenthesis for you. Be honest and open with Jesus. Because when you encounter him, his truth makes our need for him obvious. 
And that's what I love about this story, because this story could have been very different if they hadn't been honest and said, our nets are empty, we haven't caught anything. But what I want to look at is this line of Jesus put out into the deep and let down the nets for a catch. Because hidden in plain sight is some amazing kind of kingdom principles on how we can live our lives. And what you've got to understand is that Jesus was asking them to do something a bit ridiculous. You see, he was asking them to fish in the day. The reason that's ridiculous is because every self-respecting fisherman would know you'd do it at night. Because you did it at night because the fish would be at the surface and then you'd go to the market during the day and sell it. But here, not least the fact they're exhausted and tired, Jesus is saying, go and fish. You can imagine Simon Peter saying, he might be a good rabbi, but he would make a lousy fisherman. He has no, but let's just humor him. Any of us call Jesus a lousy fisherman? I have. What do you mean, Jesus? I'm not going to do that. Listen, you focus on running the universe. I'll focus on running my life. You know? Jesus says, drop down your nets. You go, no, 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 no. You don't do it like that, Jesus. I'm sorry. You're a great rabbi, but you'd make a lousy fisherman. Isaiah 55, verse 8. I think so many of us know this verse. It's a brilliant verse. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Is that possible? Yes, he's God. And I think for so many of us, we have this kind of paradigm block. We have a way in which we think about how to do things which cuts us off from hearing God. No, but this is how you do church. Church should always be done like this. No, this is how you should treat these kind of people because what they need is hard love. They need a strong word. Well, maybe they need some love. And so how we think about doing things, we, we almost close our ears off to Jesus. So when Jesus comes along and says, go and drop your nets down, we say, Jesus, you do it at night time, not during the day. I remember when uh, I lived in Australia, and I've told some of you this story before, but Steph and I and the kids were in Australia and I was working for Yahoo!, and it was a great job, large pay packet, big team, PA, you know, I had parking space on the pier overlooking the harbour, blah, blah, blah. It was a great life. But all of a sudden, I had this business idea and Jesus said to me, leave Yahoo, drop everything and put all your money into this thing. What? No, 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 that's not how you're supposed to do it. What I prefer to do is... I'll do it on the side for a bit. And this is, this is exactly what I said to Jesus. I said, this is not going to work, Jesus, for the many reasons. Number one, I need some money. Number two, I'm about to get my bonus next year, and I really want to have that. This is true. I'm just being honest with you. You don't mind me being honest with you. No. Number three, what you should do is get a business book, many business books. And by the way, they're great. They're a good resource. I should get my business plan baked out, get some funding, and then when I'm safe, I'll do it. And Jesus is like, I said, drop your nets into the deep. So anyway, Steph and I are praying, and I just felt the Lord to say again, you just gotta leave. And I just said to Steph, you know what, I just, and she said, you know what? We've just gotta do it, and we did it. And it turns out there were fish. <laughs> I would have missed out that amazing journey if I had said to Jesus, you're a great rabbi, but you're a lousy fisherman. And I share that because I think there are many of you here this morning that you're missing out on the full catch that God has for you because you think he'll make a lousy fisherman. 
What if his ways were higher than your ways, his thoughts were higher than your thoughts? Turns out they are. And I pray, my prayer for each one of us, and for me, I still have it. I still experience this, really? Anyway, let's move on. I could stay there forever. And then what does he say? Put out into the deep. Put out into the deep. So let me, uh, let me just tell you that the um, Lake Gennesaret, as Luke called it, elsewhere in the Gospels is called the Sea of Galilee. You've probably heard that, right? And it's, it's how big is it? I've got some notes here. I've done some research. 13 miles by 8 miles. So that's pretty big. That's bigger than the lake in the, in, the, in the local park. Do you know how deep it is? You want to know, don't you? The deepest point, 43 meters. How deep is that? That is, funny enough, the height of the Jesus statue in Rio de Janeiro. Did you know that? Isn't that interesting? Read into it as you wish. But that's very deep. So, when you hear of going to the deep, what do you think of? Into the deep sea, anyone? Right, how many of you thought of Jaws? There was a few of you, I can see some smiles. The infamous two notes. Just two notes. Just two notes. You know, I was on holiday a couple of years ago, Steph and I were the kids, and we were on an island. And we were staying there, and um, the kids were doing something there, there with some friends. Steph was, I don't know where, and I was walking down the beach. It was very quiet, and there was, this beauty, there was this lilo, and it was inviting me to lie on it. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to lie on that lilo in the water. Now, where we were at, there were some baby reef sharks around. It's like, eh, they're okay. I'll just, I'll just go in the shallow bit. I'll be fine. So I get on the lilo. I won't lie to you, it was a few attempts. Managed to get, it wasn't pretty, no one was around, so that's fine. Eventually got on the lilo, and there I am, I kind of like, just making sure, and I just kind of, oh, I don't know, I was thinking about stuff, and I started drifting in and out. Anyway, eventually I kind of opened my eyes, and I'm like, whoa! Where, what the, the shore's over there! And what was my immediate reaction? Do 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 Ah! So I had to get back. Why? Because we love the shallows, right? The shallows are safe. The shallows are familiar. The shallows give you plan B. Well, I'll put my toe in, and if it gets scary, it's okay. I can actually stand up and walk out, right? But it's in the deep. It's in the deep where God has everything for you. It's in the deep that we catch all that God has for us. It's in the deep where he builds our faith that you can't do it in the shallows. It's in the deep that all your fears and your anxieties that you didn't know you had come out into the open and Jesus, by his love and his mercy and his grace, can heal you up. It's in the deep that you realize that he really is there for you. It's in the deep that you realize you really can trust in him. It's in the deep that you realize and you see that miracles happen. Who wants to see a miracle? Put out into the deep. You ain't gonna see it in the shallow end. You know, when Jesus called me to be a pastor, he said, right, Mark, I want you to, it was like, it was, it was like saying, put out into the deep. Because I'd been in the shallow end for a long time. I'd been worship leader, a lay pastor, a preacher. And that's not to minimize that stuff, but you know, as my kids grow, the deep end becomes, well, the, the shallow becomes, you know, they move them, they progress, right? One man's shallow end is another man's deep end, etc., etc. And so what happens is when you get familiar with the deep end and you grow in that, it becomes shallow, right? So God moves you on to the next thing. That's how it works. But I was like, I don't want it, Lord, but that's, that's in the deep. Da-da, 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 you know? 
the shallow end is safe because I've got a plan B. I've done he said, Mark, you've got to just go out into the deep. I think for some of you here, you're missing out on the full, full fulfillment of your calling because you're content to stay in the shallow end. You're missing out on the catch that God has for you because you're scared about going into the deep. I get it. I get it. But isn't that what it means to walk by faith? How many says we want to walk by faith? You go, yeah, I'm up for that. Let's have that. We can walk by faith. And we think we're going to get an injection of faith. Right, okay, now I can do it. It doesn't actually work like that. It works like this. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Oh, God's with me. That's what it means to get out into the deep end. Maybe for some of you have got a gift for hospitality. And God has said to you, you know what? You've got to invite so-and-so around for, for a cup of tea. Some cake. Maybe a mother that you meet at the school, school gates. You're like, no, I can't do that. What if she laughs at me? You know, what if I embarrass myself? What if, what if, what if? No, I'm sorry, I'm staying the shallow end. What if you're in an environment at work and you can see an opportunity to improve one of the systems or the way in which you do something which is going to increase efficiency and you're like, I just feel like God's calling me to go in the deep. But hold on a minute, what if it fails? My job's going to be on the line. What if people laugh at me? Etc. 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 For some of us, we need to just go out into the deep. What's your deep? Ask the Lord, what is my deep, Lord? Because God's always going to progress us into deeper things because that's the walk of faith, isn't it? And that's what I love about this story. Jesus didn't say, just try again in the shallow. I mean, God could, Jesus could have made fish appear, right? That's, he could have done that. But he wanted to teach them a lesson. He said, you've got to go out in the deep right now. And for some of us, that is the call on our lives this, this, this moment. Let's continue on this amazing uh, um, instruction from Jesus. Put out in the deep. What's next? Let down the nets. And this brings me on to my next point. You see, Jesus didn't say, guys, go out into the deep and let me just get you this brand new spanking net that I've just made for you. Net super duper H134X. I don't know making it up, because those nets are insufficient. The issue was not the nets, it was where they were placed. You see, God has given you gifts, and you're saying, maybe, why am I not seeing the catch that I feel the Lord is, why am I not seeing the fruit? Could it be that you're just in the wrong place? All the while you've been saying, Lord, I'm going to sit here and wait until you give me gift of healing, number 3572 power, whatever. I'm going to wait until I become Mr. or Mrs. Hospitality. I kind of feel it. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm like Mary Poppins in the kitchen or something. I don't know. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. <laughs> what you don't understand is the giftings I've given you are sufficient. You're just in the wrong place. Ask yourself the question, what's in my hand? The boy of the loaves and fishes. I love that story. He just offered what's in his hands. So what giftings has God given you that you can go out into the deep with? Ask yourself that question. Ask the Lord, Lord, what are the nets in my hands? Because that's where his grace operates. His grace empowers us. And so as we go into, into the deep, turns out our nets are sufficient. And then lastly, for a catch. You know, let me just say this. You've been called to be successful where you are. You've been called to be fruitful in all you do. Did you know that? Let's look at Genesis 1. So the Trinity are having a meeting. 
God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And they said, let us create mankind in our own image. Yeah? So we're all in the image of God. Now, <clears throat> a lot of time we read that and we understand that as being in the nature of God. You know, the ability to love, the ability to have compassion, to show mercy, etc. And that is all correct. But do you know what they said? What God said? Let us create man in our image in order that they can rule over the earth. You see, created in God's image is a mandate to rule over the earth, to be stewards, to multiply. You know, God at the beginning said, go out and multiply. You see, when God calls you to something, it is in order to be fruitful and multiply. We're created in God's image in order that we can steward what God's got given us. Did you know that? And so you say, well, if I want to steward the giftings I've given us, and you can remember the parable of the, of the talents, it's the same thing. You've given me these gifts, Lord, these, this fishnet, so to speak. I want to be a steward of this. And in that moment, you see increase. You see multiplication. And so there's the four things. And what I try to do is I want you to sum it up in a paragraph for you, this whole line. And this is my attempt Jesus invites you to do something which on the face of it makes no sense. Requiring you to take a leap of faith into the unknown, going into the deep. Using the gifts he has already placed in your hands in order to accomplish your God-given mandate to bear fruit for his glory. That's what that one line is showing us. I can see people taking notes and taking photos. Let me read it again. Jesus invites you to do something which on the face of it makes no sense. Really? In the day? You make a lousy fisherman, Jesus. Requiring you to take a leap of faith into the unknown, really into the deep. I prefer the shallow end, thank you very much. Using the gifts he has already placed in your hands, using your nets, in order to accomplish your God-given mandate to bear fruit for his glory. Now, I think some of you need to write this down, print it out, stick it in your Bible, put it on your fridge, and you need to let this word bear fruit in your lives. Because for many of us, we're not fulfilling our God-given mandate because... Well, you look at the rest of the paragraph above it. See, that's what an encounter with Jesus looks like. It looks like a personal, private commissioning for you. It looks like an invitation to do something amazing and be caught up in this amazing journey. And then what do we see in, in verse 5? You know, Simon Peter says, because you say so. What if we lived our lives as a because you say so people? I want to live that kind of life because you say so. You know, obedience always trumps convenience. Because you say so, I will let down the nets. You know, a, a, an encounter with Jesus will always present a choice we need to make. It's never a, an encounter is never a passive thing. It's never a passive thing. And so I love this story. But I would suggest to you that this isn't the focus of the story. If I just ended it here, hopefully, you, you know, you'd think, that's oh, some good teaching, some good kingdom principles that I can live out my calling. And I, and I pray that that is the case. But I think the focus of this teaching for this morning, as I've been praying about this, is not this part. It is later on in the story. You see in verse 10, <clears throat> we read this. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Now, if you read the account in Mark, Jesus says, now come and follow me. 
Did you know the phrase, come and follow me, is over 20 times in the Gospels? Now, think about all the encounter stories that we've looked at over these past few weeks. About the woman on the first week, we looked at the five hallmarks of encounter. I'd encourage you to, to uh, listen to that if you haven't done so. But we looked at the, the woman with the issue of blood. She had encountered the healing touch of Jesus, and she thought that was it. But Jesus said, whoa, stop. Who was it? Come. What about the story of uh, Nathaniel a couple of weeks ago? Nathaniel encountered Jesus, this Jesus that knew who he was, saw where he was, and yet, what did Jesus say? Now come and follow me. You think that's impressive, Jesus said? You come and see the glory that's about to be shown. What about Mary and Martha? When Wendy looked at that for us. Mary, come and see what Martha's found out. It's not about the stuff. Come and be with me. What about Zacchaeus last week? Zacchaeus encountered Jesus. That affirmation from Jesus would have been enough, but then Jesus said, come and follow. We're going to your house. You see, each week we've looked at encounters where they are followed by an invitation to follow Jesus. And this is what we're seeing here. You see, the fishermen were about to move from a one-off encounter to a lifestyle of encountering Jesus daily. You know, I've been thinking about this, and one of the greatest things about church can also become one of our greatest dangers. You know what it is? The Sunday encounter. I love this place. I love Sundays. I love it when God shows up and we feel his presence and we encounter his love, his mercy, his grace, all of those things. But the problem is, you see, we get a Sunday hit followed by a Monday dip. Anyone else experience that? You see, what happened in this story, right? Here's the thing. Simon Peter and his friends could have said, thank you for the invitation, but hey, we got some full nets. That's going to be fine. In fact, what do you reckon? If we head to the market now, we can probably, yeah, we can. We're off to the market. We'll see you next Sunday, Jesus, when our nets need filling again. Oh, I know, I know. I think for a lot of my life, I lived my, lived my life, my Christian life, as a Sunday encounter junkie. I'd get my hit on Sunday, and then it's almost as if I didn't really walk with Jesus during the week. Now, I didn't say that verbally because I didn't believe it, but you only had to look at my, my day and my life to see that that was the case. And so when the storms of life comes, which they do, and we get battered, which we do. The person that lives a life of a Sunday encounter hit will find themselves being troubled and in a storm during the week. You know, it says in, in John 15, we are to what? Abide in the vine. And you see, what I want to get to with this story is that for many of us, we think that the Sunday hit is enough. We don't articulate it like that. But we don't really follow Jesus during the week. Now, I want to say this statement. It might sound shocking, but here it is. You can be a Christian and not follow Jesus. You can have your ticket to heaven and not realize that Jesus has given you a passport to live right now. 
You can know Jesus as your saviour, but not know him as your teacher. You can know Jesus as God, but not know him as a friend. And I've been so struck by these encounters that Jesus says, all of these encounters have been amazing, and they are. But don't you realise there's so much more? You know, I love the way Denise ended her talk last week and said, we live off those encounter experiences, don't we? Those amazing moments of his presence. But God is calling us to have that daily. To actually live and follow him. Um, you know, at the start of the year, the, the preaching team, we get together every once every couple of months and we say, what does the Lord say and what we're going to preach on? <clears throat> and after this encounter series, we really felt the Lord's laying on our heart that we're going to preach on spiritual disciplines or spiritual practices. What is that? It's a kind of oldie kind of wordy phrase, isn't it? It's something the church has been doing for 2,000 years. It's where our daily lives, we position ourselves to encounter his presence. Things like silence and solitude. Things like prayerful meditation. Things like getting the word. I don't want to be a 6% church in the Bible. All of these things that for thousands of years the church has done, and all of a sudden, the past 30, 40 years, they just slipped off the radar. And what happens is we rely on the Sunday hit, and then we get the Monday dip. And you know, when we went to the National Leaders Conference a couple of weeks ago, as I'd mentioned already before, uh, when, I, when we got back, the keynote speaker was a guy called John Mark Comer. He's um, a pastor in Portland, Oregon, and he's written many books, the most recent of which is called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And it is about the, the cultural moment that we find ourselves in, that we are so exhausted, so busy, that we have drowned out the voice of the Lord during the week. And he looks at the solution, which is silence and solitude, and meditation, and praying, and the word. And we're like, that is exactly what we're going to start preaching on. Thank you, Lord. And he used the term encounter. You know, at the start, um, who's got the, the paper? I kind of read some blurb. I wrote some blurb here. You might not have read it. <laughs> it's not a test, don't worry. Um, I said here, as we move into this new year and new decade, my prayer is that we would all encounter Jesus in a deeper, more profound way than ever before. I don't just mean on a Sunday. What I really mean is a lifestyle of encounters. And so while in this story we have this pivot point between one-off encounters and the invitation of Jesus to come and go deep and follow him. Today's talk acts as a pivot point for our new series next week that starts, entitled Encounter, Going Deeper. And we're going to unpack over those weeks what it means to then move from those one-off encounters to a lifestyle where we encounter his presence every day. And I am profoundly excited to use that word profound. I really am. This is the breath of God on this for us this year. I said at the start of the year that this is a year of encounter. That doesn't just mean here on a Sunday. It means wherever you are at. And so I just want you to just be encouraged that Jesus has so much more for you. That he doesn't say, hey, look how you're lacking your, your nets are empty. He's saying, listen, see the catch you've got? Now follow me because I'm going to make you fishers of men. You think that catch was impressive. You see what I'm about to do in your life and through you. And that is the wonderful, love-filled, passion-fueled invitation from Jesus our Savior. Anybody else want to say yes to that? And I know we're all busy. And I know Sundays we have things. But can I just encourage you to say, you know what, I'm just going to commit to this, this journey. 
I'm going to be here every week. And I want to listen to what the Lord's got to say for me. Because let me tell you, friends, this is life-changing. This is life-changing. For some of, some of you, you haven't been able to put a language around it, save for the fact you've been saying, Lord, I need more than this Sunday hits. I need more, Lord. I need to meet you in that way on a Sunday. That's what God's heart is for each one of us. And I think it's truly exciting that the Lord loves us enough that he wants to instruct us and invite us in this way. With that, could I invite you to stand and get the band up as we pray?